Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very exciting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you this week? I'm fucking fabulous. You know why? Because it's season two, baby. Season two. Season two of Under the Floorboards. Let's get at it. Y'all are not even ready for everything that we have coming this season. How much better do we sound already? I know, right? Well, that's we're going to start off with a nice little shout out to uh, Tim and the Fair Witness crew for helping us with all of our audio needs. The facilitator. Uh, Fair Witness is a bar, notably. It's not an audio shop, but mm-hmm. they pretty much do everything there. <laughs> the more exciting part is to kick off our season two, I would like to introduce the mistress of murder herself, Miss Kamara Cole. How up, are you? Up, Let's it give it up. Season two. What's <laughs> up? Kamara, how are you today? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Fucking elated. It's so good to have you on the show. Um, nice. I've had, we've had the privilege of actually seeing you uh, in Wolf Hollow already. So if you guys have not checked that out yet, it's already May and the premiere was in April. So fucking get on it. <laughs> Mara incidentally played my favorite character yeah. in that movie, too. I don't know that we need to get too much into details because spoilers are a thing. But I am just yeah. going to throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you. It was a ton of fun. I definitely wanted to see more about you and Twyla's relationship. Yeah. Uh, Cause there were some very like key lines of dialogue in the movie that I thought were really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll see soon, but you also have so many other rad ass projects coming out <laughs> this year. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. It's wild. Cause when everything comes out, it's going to feel like I'm super busy, <laughs> but a lot of it is just dropping all at the same time. Um, so I go um, in May to start filming Placid Park in Kentucky, which I'm excited about. I've never been to Kentucky, so um, back with your dear friend uh, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, we're back on set, which is very cool. Um, and I just I love anything where we can just get bloody and run around and have so much fun. So that's going to be a blast. And um, then I come back to Vegas to shoot um, a movie called A Long Walk to Nowhere. So it's going to be a hot summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kentucky doesn't around Yeah, I was going to say. You're going from, yeah. like, heat to hotter. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's madness here. It's, like, 120 uh, in the summer. It's mm-hmm. awful. It's like the devil's, like, walking right behind you. You're like, come on. <laughs> like breathing on your neck you're like dude just i'm not there yet i need you to like give me a minute <laughs> the demon of humidity yeah. <laughs> you're walking he's by like, like oh hey. you wanted to dress nice today oh you wanted yeah, to right. do your hair <sighs> <laughs> like thanks thanks that was great nice to see you again cool but then it's like, you know, you get nice and wet from the fucking humidity and then it's like 40 degrees at night because there's just yeah. no sun in the right, desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Like I did a film festival in Miami for um, Time's Up and I'd never been to Florida before. And I was like, is it like this all the time? This is hot. Like it was so hot. Like I felt like if I fell forward, I would just be in like this stasis of just floating <laughs> i'm like how do people live like this <laughs> hey, poorly i was gonna say you know how Floridians are. you know all the memes anyway so i can imagine the humidity does something to affect that 
Uh, absolutely. Well, Kamar, again, we're just super excited to have you on the show. Uh, starting off, so your pick uh, to kick off season two, which honestly was a real fucking strong pick, uh, was Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. So what what made you pick this? Uh, so it's one of my favorite movies. I love um, episodic um, wraparound horror anthologies, and uh, Tales from the Dark Side is one of my favorite ones. I love the show. Um, and the stories are all so strong in them. Uh, I just, I loved it. Like, Lover's Vow is one of my absolute favorite, Hell. like, of all time. Like, the creature work in it is beautiful. Like, it's just such a, like, phenomenal story. 100%. What about you, Eric? Yeah, this was a uh, first for me. <laughs> I didn't even know that this was based off a TV series. You mentioned that to me as I was walking in the door today. Um, and do you want to take a second and adjust the mic? We can like cut this part out. It's only going to be so tight. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. I know what I said. That's what I do. Um, I walk in, I just drop it on the floor and see who picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it gave me, uh, honestly, this was like, I was born in 91, so this is mad Goosebumps vibes for me, and yeah. Goosebumps certainly wasn't like the pioneer of this kind of storytelling, but it was real quick 20-minute one-shots that mm -hmm. are one-offs and they don't ever come back around or whatever. Uh, you mentioned the Twilight Zone, something similar to that, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, so it was just some of that good old-fashioned quick storytelling. I'm a yeah. short story fan anyway, and so seeing these like in a movie setting with a budget and that kind of thing is always sick, so... Yeah. Check out Monsters, too, if you like, like, really quick, um, like, horror um, episodic shows. Like, that's a great one. Um, it's on Prime right now, and it's the same uh, format as Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Crypt, Goosebumps, any of that. Like, 20-minute yeah. in and out, but really, like, strong um, work around, like, monsters and creatures and whatnot. Cool. Yeah, thanks for the recommendation for sure. I so I definitely just wrote that one down. I love nice. shit okay, like that. Good. I love I love anthologies for the same reason. It's just like, okay, this is a self-contained story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only have to think about what's in front of me. Right. Uh, I historically don't like thinking when I'm watching a movie. Especially. <laughs> That's why Planet Terror is his new favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a phone for a leg. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this was my first time watching it, too. Uh, Kamara and I had uh, corresponded a little bit when she was making her pick. And I had seen that it was on HBO Max uh, about three or four months ago or something like that. And I was super stoked because I loved the Tales from the Dark Side series. I think uh, I believe the name of my favorite one was called Float. And it was like this guy who was just like walking around in like rural Texas. And he's like just carrying a boulder everywhere. And then he's like he goes into a bar and he picks a fight with this dude. The dude like slaps the boulder out of his hand. And he just floats up into the fan and gets eviscerated. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I probably saw that when I was like, you know, 13. So I was like, this is God tier. Whoa. <laughs> it doesn't get better. <laughs> As it turns out, <laughs> it, it, it gets better, but it gets better with what people like you are doing right now. Uh, we had that realization a little bit the other day, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later uh, with one of our new segments but uh i was really excited to watch this uh the only other thing i'll notably say about watching this for the first time was when i saw the cover i was like steve buscemi fuck yeah i mm -hmm. love that dude reservoir dogs is one of my favorite movies 
And mm-hmm. as soon as that story starts, you see Christian Slater's face, and I was like, let's fucking go! <laughs> I love watching that dude play a fucking psycho. I love watching Christian, Christian Slater play a psycho. Yeah, he's great in it. Heather's is a horror movie. Changed my mind. <laughs> How? Winona Ryder was a dime. <laughs> it's... I was going to say, I never saw it. That stuff. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. <laughs> Put some respect on that name. Right, with inflation. <laughs> oh. Anyhow. So getting into it, you know, uh, like you're saying, there's like this kind of wraparound story. So what what do you think was kind of more enticing about the very beginning of this? Because it seems like it's very like cookie cutter, right? Yeah, yeah. It's great because you've got it starts out with um, Debbie Harry driving around town, giving you this like really like anywhere USA type feel like she's fucking like saying hi to the mailman and you're like oh hey cool that's great and then you get to her house and she's got this kid like chained up in this very um Hansel and Gretel type (laughs) 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 it's like did it come like that or did you call someone you were like look I need this installed um, I need this and, kid installed. Right. <laughs> They're like, "What's it for?" She's like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> I like to imagine the kid taking part in installing the bars or something like that. Like, "Hey, Timmy, can you help me with some home renovation?" Like, Absolutely. I'll do anything for some cookies. <laughs> it's actually just like the cask of a Montiato. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Salt into his own cage. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, it's like they've got that whole story going and um, and it's really clever the way they have it set up like she has to um, get him cooked by a certain time and he knows the time is ticking down. So he's like, okay, I've got this book of stories. This is how I draw this out or Mm. keep myself from being eaten. and you get into um, the stories, and the first one they start with is um, Lot 209 or 249. Yeah. And it's a great story because really all of them are shitty characters. Like, Steve Buscemi is like not a great character either. Like, he's getting fucked over, but like, he's also not a good person. He rarely is. Steve yeah, Buscemi and Christian Slater's like they they start to paint him as this like kind of apathetic character where you're like, oh, he's gonna be on Steve Buscemi's side, and then he like pulls a Slater and he's like, well, uh-huh. set you on fire. You got <laughs> <slated>. <laughs> rest your chestnuts. Yeah. I do want to uh, point this out too. I would be really interested in reading this one from its source material because this was originally an Arthur Conan. The Conan Doyle, story. yeah. So the uh, Who Done It fan in me was like absolutely, <laughs> and I would like to see it represented not in like 1989 Harvard University, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and how that 100%. would that kind of thing. Um, so the concept of this being lot two four nine is a um, like an auction a, an piece. Auction piece. Mm-hmm. We'll Good choice of words, there, John. That's why. That's why they pay you the big bucks. Thank you. <laughs> um, Making fun of me because that's what yeah, Mark Cantor was, said to me at the fucking a, premiere. That was an inside joke. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but what it really is is a sarcophagus that's housing a proper, well-preserved mummy. Right. Mm-hmm. So. What's inside this mummy? 
So here's my thing is like they cut him open and then like Steve Buscemi reaches his hands in and it's like 10 pounds of dust. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, ah, yes, myrrh. And I'm like, you don't know what the fuck <laughs> right, that is. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah like just he got just it sips it hands. around. He's like, mm, chrysanthemums, yes. <laughs> right, right, right. I was ready mm. to like, do a line of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that's myrrh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and notably, the thing I want to say about like just where this is taking place uh, in Steve Buscemi's dorm. Yeah. The nicest like, dorm on the planet. Slash like, who has a fireplace and bourbon? <laughs> yeah. Right. Would you like some brandy? Yeah. <laughs> Join me by the fireplace, why don't you? Julianne Moore stopping by later, Christian Slater. Would you like to come by some brandy? Why are you going by there? Because I give him a hard on Lee. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's back up. Let's back up just a hair. Yeah, yeah. Plot to develop here. The idea being that there was a grant or some form of like money for research, right? Mm-hmm. Penrose the, scholarship. Yeah, cool. And what this is, I don't know why I felt the need to write that down. Like that's, no, that's important. cool. Well, I certainly didn't, and that's why they paid you <laughs> bucks, John. I'm but, never gonna hear the end of that. <laughs> right. But um, Lee, who is Christian Slater's brother, best friend, best friend, because because. Mm-hmm. They look like they would be best friends. Yeah, because Christian Slater played Andy, and Andy was related to Julianne Moore's character, Susie. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So um, Lee beat out Buscemi's character mm-hmm. because of Susie's intervention in this. Collusion. In this right, old-fashioned collusion, right? <laughs> and this money is going to be spent uh, shamelessly on a Maserati. Maserati. That's yeah, Lee's <laughs> cool Maserati suite, and that's just kind of the end of that. But so... We have a reason to believe that, um, what's his name? Bellingham? Edward mm-hmm. Bellingham. It's just a fantastic name. That's probably an Arthur Conan, Arthur Conan Doyle name. Yeah, that's what they, <laughs> they kept. They're like, we have to keep this name. Yeah. <laughs> so we have reason to believe that he has a vengeful motive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he de- it definitely starts to thicken pretty quick. And like, like you were saying, it's, I feel like Edward just plays both sides for a short story really well. And I think that's also part of why we would like to read the source material is right. just like, was there actually some sort of like manipulation that transpired between Edward and Andy yeah. to get yeah. in? Cause like, I got to tell you, I don't care if I know who you are. I'm not helping you archive and excavate a fucking body. That's 3000 years yeah. old. hundred percent. Yeah. And then my favorite part though, was when he fucking fists into that cavity, pulls out the fucking, uh, this, the, uh, like the yeah, the yeah. whatever. And he holds it up to the light, like by candlelight, and he gives it the same look that he gives the dinosaurs and spy kids too. Yeah. <laughs> That's spy kids too. <laughs> yes. I could just see like his big eyes and the glasses and shit and him just <laughs> <laughs> I can never get past the finger dudes from the first one. That was the creepy. That, uh, yeah. that was a weird <laughs> moment in CGI history. But it hit. It did. It hit. And there's the whole thing about like I can't translate this. He immediately goes uh, to his room and translates it with no problem. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, like, and he's like, oh, that son of a bitch can read it. Great. And what it actually is, is an incantation to resurrect or give life to this dead being. And I love the concept of, like, 
it's like <laughs> what's the uh um sleeper agent thing what's the code that you used to wake a sleeper agent up what's that called there's like a proper name for it oh oh yeah 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 anyway that yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah. that thing is like entombed inside him as he's you know what i mean i like <laughs> that's kind of like having like an instruction manual with your device or something like we that we gotta it's keep kinda, it together right right they didn't have binders back then right yeah or, or hole punches to put them into the binders <laughs> that they need to make they did have staples according to the marks on this <laughs> on the body but <laughs> but that's fine I think they use the same because uh, they, they talk about it in the wraparound story yeah. where she's like explaining how to disembowel and eviscerate a small child. Right. <laughs> yes. She's like, and then you just put staples through them like this. I'm pretty sure they use the same staples yeah, from yeah, that yeah. part of the set. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, look, we got to reuse stuff. We got a budget to work with. <laughs> we spent all of our money on this dude vomiting a cat later. Like we really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We really we got Cat and Debbie brutal. Harry. It's like that's where our money went. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we kind of like start to get into like the creepier part of the story now, uh, because I think um, we kind of had like this whole little walk around dialogue between Julianne Moore's character and Lee, mm-hmm. where uh, Lee was just kind of like, "Bro, I don't understand. They're gonna find us out." He's like, "Well, she's like, well, one of them's my brother, and the other one's a fucking loser. So I'm pretty sure you're fine." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, <laughs> "That little." Yeah, he's clearly not the brains of the right. operation. <laughs> well, because he comes back from working out, and like this was one of my favorite lines in this particular story is he was just like. God, I did like two whole reps before I was done. I was like, God, if I could fucking get away with that. Because mm-hmm. Kamara over here runs like five miles plus a day. And no shit, are you serious? Yeah, oh it's God. pretty. It's the worst. <laughs> I was gonna say. I won't even pretend like it's fun. It's not fun at all. <laughs> Those runners, the ones that'll sell you on doing a half marathon three no. times a week. You know what I mean? No way. No, it's miserable. But, and if my music goes out, I'm done. I just go home. I'm like, well, it was fun. I tried. That's right. a fucking great rule of thumb. You like leave it off the charger that night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite dudes that just like bluntly tells me to do better at my life is uh, I don't know if you know who David Goggins is or not, but he has this rule when he's running. He talks about like you can't listen to music or podcasts or anything because that's taking you away from the pain. You got to become one with the pain when you're running. <laughs> it's just like why, dude? <laughs> no. No, I mean, it's there. It's there whether my music's playing or not. <laughs> so he, he gets attacked, like, in the apartment, right? Is that where it was? Mm-hmm. Where, where Lee gets attacked? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he does another thing that, like, uh, tennis douches uh, do, is that they uh, only know how to use a tennis racket, so that's what he reaches for <laughs> to defend himself with. <laughs> The comedy was not lost on me. That's that's the only thing he does well is play tennis. So that's what he would reach for comfort in a moment of being broken and entering, entering broken into entered. I wish they had Scooby Doo that moment a little bit. Like took the racket over the head, and his head yeah. just like pops through it. He was trying great. real hard to be happy, little, you know. He was already shaggy. That's but the it, great thing about these is that you have such a like a nominal amount of time to like work with each story that it gets into like the action very yeah. quickly. We're like Let's minus go. seven minutes. <laughs> I'm like, all right, mommy's here. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> the best part of the scene and something that they kind of uh, follow throughout the kills in this story 
is they bring up when they're opening the sarcophagus originally that like how they would take the brain out from the top and then they would cut mm-hmm. one of them cut them open and stuff them with all this shit yeah. And what happens in the first one is I put it down as mummy assassin. I got you one better. I'm going to do you one better. Yes. A lobotomy. Oh. Okay. All right. Yes, it was. The second one's even better. <laughs> it's also way more disgusting, but it's way better. Well, let, let me talk, let me talk about this real quick. That's cool. Because we, we, <laughs> We get uh, this crazy shot of it's Lee in like I think an apron or something. I guess he was like getting, yeah, he was getting like sexy for when Julianne Moore came home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like he's got the tennis racket in hand, and you know a lot of those homes they'll have like the kitchen will link into two rooms, but yeah. then the living rooms on the other side, and you can see the the doorways through uh, each side on either respective room. So the shot is him walking through one door and it the camera just pans around the mummy like making the lobotomizer right. <laughs> with that of like a fucking coat hanger and then him just walking through the other causeway and I was like, this movie is fucking incredible. Yep. <laughs> it's like the original open concept. Yeah, yeah. That's really the thing that we have to work on for sound in our house is mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a giant open box. Oh my god, it's a terrible <laughs> <box>. <laughs> That's that's gonna be that's gonna be great later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we got our kill number one. Kill number fucking kill one. Kill number fucking one. Good one. Lobotomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Count it. Immediately following up with this is Susie finding Lee's body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. She She's sees also, the brains, which yeah. is great. Which is I. And I'm not gonna make that joke. That's okay. No, do it. <laughs> okay. Mama the, didn't raise no bitch. The timing. Yes, she did. The timing hasn't. <laughs> The time has passed. God damn it, Lori. <laughs> um, what struck me about this part, though, is how fucking calm Susie was, mm-hmm. which had me thinking ulterior motives immediately. I'm immediately, mm-hmm. oh, okay, she wanted this to happen, or she knew this was going to happen, right? So I actually wanted uh, Kamara's uh, input on that one, yeah. especially from like the acting perspective. Like When you see something like that, what would you put in your head for the way Julianne Moore was acting in that scene? Because it, fuck- it was fucking weird. Right. Yeah, she's very calm, but it kind of plays to like who she is as a person. Like all up until this point, like she's very like calm, collected and manipulative. Like she knows like who each person is in her life and how she like relates to them. So she knows Steve Buscemi's character. She's like, I know he has a hard on for me. So I know what I need to do to get in there to do this. That's it. A, B, and C. She knows that Lee's, excuse me, um, just like this, like, rich with, rich dude with nothing going on in his head. She knows how to work him. So I think in that moment, she (laughs) truly, like, was like, how do I work this fucking mummy? Like, what do I do to, like, get over (laughs) She's She's, like, playing D&D. Can I seduce the mummy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, that would have been a really cool twist of events to, like, get her to um, figure out, like, how to control the mummy because she's, up until that point, controlling everyone around her. Like, she's controlling her brother. She's controlling Steve Buscemi. She's controlling uh, Lee. Like, she's got everyone, probably the campus, like, officials, like, the dean and everything as well. So, like, definitely in that moment, like, you can see her trying to, like, 
I can work, I can figure out my way out of this situation, but she can't figure it out fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> she was trying to figure out how to get that Maserati by the end of That's this. It. Yeah, yeah. She's you don't like, have to be Shit. the fastest zebra, you just have to be faster than the slowest zebra, as it turns out. So. <laughs> she's like, come on. Right. As it turns out, she was the second slowest zebra. Turns out. Yeah. And she just kind of like gave up. She like got to the window and she's like, can someone help me, please? Mm-hmm. Please. And I'm like, oh, there's a whole nother door behind you. Just turn around. I mean, the mummy's not that fast. Right. Yeah. Mummies historically do not run five miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just like little, little shuck and jive around him. Come on now. You can do this. She already threw away her chrysanthemums. Well, that... And that seemed like the most logical choice. That was my favorite. But she's like looking at her, I guess, engagement ring. She's like, he never had fucking taste. And just like drops yeah. on the table. Right. <laughs> she's like, oh no, I'm single. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you have any money here? <laughs> right. That, that one was a lot of fun. And then we get into, I guess, like the, uh, so, I mean, some like pretty inconsequential stuff happens. Like she, you know, calls her brother Christian Slater and is like, I lied to the police. Mm-hmm. But like, no shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guess that makes you a liar. Don't yeah. it? You've been lying yeah. to yeah. everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Yeah. Um, the plot point though, is that she's um, in the process of planting this fetish inside of Bellingham's room. So he mm-hmm. can get kicked out of the university is that one last fuck you. I'm going to take your money. And, right. Yeah. 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 And so that's why she's here in the first place is that mm-hmm. he is being evicted slash expelled slash forcefully asked to leave and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she comes across with the mummy himself um, who incidentally was played by, let me find this guy's name. Cause I, I had to look him up to Michael Deke. Okay. Michael Deke has done visual effects and makeup in everything that you've seen for the last 30 years. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that he would be like the monster or the creature. And mm-hmm. the, you know, anyway, I just thought that was neat. He's just coughing up fucking dust. Right. <laughs> <laughs> dust and crickets. And myrrh. <laughs> and myrrh. Myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Susie bites it in the form of uh, taking, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You've heard of deflowering? <laughs> We're reflowering Susie. <laughs> she yeah. takes the chrysanthemums and, yeah, yeah. Right up the backside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shot too, because like, it's probably the cheesiest shot that you yeah, have. Because he's just going, and he's like pushing the <laughs> right. chrysanthemum. Yeah. Her. And <laughs> I'm like, at any point, like, just fight back a little, just even a little bit. I mean, she just is up against the bar. She's like, oh. Yeah, she wasn't destined to be our final girl. That was no definitely. Way. No. Christian Slater. <laughs> no, Christian Slater is the final girl. Christian Slater was the final girl. Yeah. Steve Buscemi will get his in the end at some point. They always do. Yeah. There will be somebody else that can read this piece of papyrus somewhere on his journey. <laughs> Steve Buscemi also historically almost makes it out of every movie he's in, too. He does not make it out of Reservoir Dogs. That's what my point okay, is. He okay. almost makes it <laughs> okay. out of every movie that it's he's not in. You, it's somebody yeah. else that I've gotten in that argument with where they're like, no, he survives. I'm like, no, he fucking doesn't. <laughs> he gets gunned down as soon as he walks through that fucking door. You hear 30 shots from eight handguns converge on him like five <laughs> seconds after that door closes but that's fine he's all right he's okay right unless right. all of them were stormtroopers i would think not <laughs> <laughs> that's our may the fourth joke there it you're is you're welcome 
That's all I've got for Star Wars. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Andy finds her body this time. Um, and he immediately knocks out Edward Bellingham. And he uh, he wakes up immediately in a chair. He's tied to a chair in front of his mm-hmm. Griffin's common room fireplace. Yeah. With his master's thesis been strewn about underneath his chair and everything. Because Christian Slater doesn't put respect on his name. Right. And Andy says they go back and forth. The whole concept being you killed my uh, sister and my best friend. So you have to die. And he makes the comment, well, technically I didn't kill him. And he's like, I know your mummy did. And he's like, well, the perp's got an airtight alibi. He's been dead for 3,000 years is my favorite line in this. Yeah. It's also so condescending, too, because it's also like Christian Slater throughout this whole short story is just like around every corner. Yeah. Like he's just been <laughs> seeing everything happen. Corner, corner. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> so Edward takes it upon himself to get the incantation off one more time as um, Andy is dismembering the mummy. Um, and what was funny to me about this sequence, I don't know if y'all picked up on this or not. It's, it's kind of a tongue in cheek moment, but he mm. pulls the hand up uh. and three of the fingers are missing. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> except for the middle finger laugh out loud moment too. Some of that good old horror slapstick that we just, Oh yeah. Out. There was a really odd moment in this like exchange though, where like the mummy was already missing an arm mm-hmm. and did I miss something? Like, did he lose an arm? That was the, the arm that he broke off in the fight. No, I'm talking about when he exited because he broke. No, he did break off the other arm. But I yeah. swear to God, because no, he was crawling with the other arm later. And I believe you. What I'm saying is I might have to go back and watch because that might have been a faux pas. Because I swear to oh. God, when he was walking down the. Oh, no, 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 I see. I, I see. I don't think he had his arm. <laughs> now I have to go see it. Yeah. I would say I'm gonna go rewatch that later because now now I'm curious. I swear to God, I thought he walked out of that sarcophagus one armed, and I was like, <laughs> "What happened?" <laughs> Could be. Could be. But we get one of our favorite weapons in the world, whether it be in Evil Dead remake or Maximum Overdrive, mm-hmm. the House greatest of fears. House of Fears, the fucking turkey carver. Yeah. And gotta have it. I'm telling, like, I gotta say. You might know this. Is it cheaper to have dust than fake blood? (laughs) You probably have quite a bit of it around. Like if you've got like a woodworking shop, um, like a lot of the um, creature like effects houses are also building everything in house. So, I mean, they probably have dust about um, <laughs> but i mean from being on horror sets i will tell you that everything just gets used like they're, you're making blood they're like what's in that bring it over let's just yeah let's just put it in let's put it in we got to make it like chunky what's in that bu- bubbles throw them in let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> who had leftover chicken Let's get it in here. Let's go. Let's throw it in. So it's like anything that can be used will get used. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, on that note, what's like some of the nastiest shit someone's thrown on you on a, on set? Um, I don't know if it's, I'm pretty used to anything, but I'll say the most recent thing I had, um, was, uh, like a brains mixture and I had to, um, like eat it I had to eat it it was on pizza 
And it was like a mixture of clam chowder, oatmeal, um, like a little condensed milk. Um, and I don't, I don't know what else it was, but I mean, those three things alone <laughs> gives you an idea. Like you've got that nice oatmeal chunky consistency. Then you've got the clam chowder. It's, it was a fun time in my mouth. You've got you've got the you've got the Quakers, you've got the clams, and I'm just thinking Maine at this point. <laughs> yeah. It was it was not a good time, but very easy to shoot out of my mouth once it was time. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Do you need any prompting tomorrow? I'm like, whoa, whoa. It's gonna look exactly the same. This is gonna come out so quick. I'm like, you got it? You get it? Good. I have lens cap on. Do you eat that again? Right. We get to like the villain explaining part, but I don't feel like Christian Slater was still the villain by the end of this. And we get like this not even really battle because it's just Christian Slater slatering this fucking mummy exactly. with a with a turf server. Yeah. Exactly. He takes the top of his head off, which was interesting yeah. that you wouldn't just target the neck, that you would utilize the full power of a turkey carver and just go straight to the throne. That dude's actually a psycho. That's what so. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> they just mounts it in the fire like a fucking Viking. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's just like cutting him up and it's and you're right like he really isn't the bad guy like in this like he's been pretty like legit like he's got two shitty people in his life he's got his best friend that's shitty and he's got his sister that he knows is shitty (laughs) and he's not necessarily like awful to um um to steve buscemi but he's like kind of like indifferent about it Mm -hmm. like steve buscemi's really like the actual villain yeah. <laughs> of this piece. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what, is it, what does he get to do, though, as the villain, though? Yeah, he's just, like, he gets to just, like, take this wrath out on everyone because of shit, like, that's going wrong. And obviously, like, it's wrong that he was, like, dicked out of a... Um, um Of that, like, grant proposal. But, I mean... We don't even know if his like proposal was that great. Yeah. <laughs> we just know he didn't get it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, actually. Uh... <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill him. Right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking kill him. I like to imagine like Andy or Lee coming in. I just read his fucking proposal and we are fucked if we don't get this guy kicked out of car. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's getting fucking anything if we don't get him expelled. You get the fetish planet. (laughs) I will say whoever wrote the papyrus for this was a genius. Yeah. Because like, unlike when we, so when we watched, uh, as above, so below, you think to yourself, like, why does it rhyme? <laughs> like, in English. Like, yeah. in English. Yeah. Whereas this one just says night or day at the mm. end of everything. I'm like, okay, this tet. at least, yeah, tet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this at least makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to have Egyptian rhymes. I don't even think that they probably had that yet. Like, the idea of intentionally rhyming shit. Right. I just don't think the world was ready for that yet. Yeah, when was poetry <laughs> existed? 
<laughs> we'll tell you it was the Greeks, and I assume that's just because Everything they stole was it from the some... Greeks. <laughs> we Anyhow, get, yeah, this, Steve, this, yeah. Steve Buscemi as our villain, as most of the stories from Tales of the Dark Side, and he rides off into the sunset with in, the real scroll in the yes. back of some dude's uh-huh. van, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the dude's got like piercings and gauges and like oh, a yeah. fucking. Yeah and shit and, like, and this was late 80s early 90s punk this is back when it was mm, real you know yeah. and those people were actually violent <laughs> i was curious how he got that ride yeah <laughs> you know. uh, that was actually his coke dealer right. <laughs> that's what his thesis was on was just like rad and social distortion and you know <laughs> this is just all one fever dream like yeah. it never even happened <laughs> he says something like he's unable to decipher third kingdom egyptian hieroglyphics from yeah. <laughs> middle-aged pornography <laughs> or pornographic pictograms <laughs> and i was fucking like yeah nerd. what a fucking, fucking fool nerd. <laughs> fool yeah <laughs> And the guy's like, I guess, sure. Yeah. Where are we going? Actually, yeah. well, where are you going? Yeah. How long is it like There's a 7-Eleven up the road. I'm just going to leave you there. Right. <laughs> so how do we want to do this? Do we want to review these one story at a time or go over the whole thing at the end? What do you mm. think? In terms of like final thoughts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what um, do you think? Let's hit it as we go. We'll have three okay. final thoughts. It's season two, baby. You don't well, know what the fuck we're going to do. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're rating things on a scale of one to 11 now. Oh, shit. <laughs> By giving the same score. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wolf Hollow came out, so we know we have to give a 10 out. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we... anyway. But, but I, it's hard for me to talk about a movie that my dad made. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We, we Daddy can too. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, we were leaving the after party on Saturday night, and Mark uh-huh. looks at us and goes, "Hey, and just make sure you text me when you guys get home." Yeah. I, te- I texted him back, and I was like, "We're home, Dad." Yeah, not, neither, neither one of us have dads, <laughs> so yeah. so it was perfect. Now Mark is yeah, Mark. We adopted Mark. I don't think he did it consensually, no, but it's but, happened. Yeah. He's warm and he's ours. Aww. That's Mark. That's Mark. Uh, anyways, so I thought this one was fucking great. Yeah. I thought the story was very, like, classic, like, 1960s-esque mm-hmm. kind of horror. I re- Like, I really loved the vibe of this story. Monster movie meets, like, the low-budget kind of style of, like, mm-hmm. practical effects. And I don't mean that as a mm-hmm. diss, but it's, like, where they're not trying super hard to make it crazy realistic. And they're embracing the fun that comes along with having those lower-budget mm-hmm. shots and things like that. Um. To me, this was the most playful of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's even like with the cat from hell coming up here. I thought this one was the ultimate. It was kind of Frankenstein meets like God. I don't know. It was just Frankenstein to me. The it was mommy. like it was like the mad scientist. <laughs> yeah, like taking taking his power back, I guess, or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, it's alive. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about you, Kavara? What did you think about this story? Um, I'm a huge fan of um the villain getting away (laughs) like i love i love that when it doesn't get a tidy like wrap up and and whatnot and i love characters that you um you empathize with um even if they are shitty characters like sure he's the villain but i'm like "Mm." i mean i get it 
I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and like to and to his credit, even Christian Slater got it because he let him go. He was like, I know both of them were shitty, so like just get the fuck <laughs> out of here and <laughs> we'll call it even. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah Hades cool. didn't do anything wrong. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> like Hades was just being Hades. He's <laughs> like, okay. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Um, the characters were so much fun. Um, I love classic movie monsters, so it's always fun to see the mummy in a, um, modern, uh, setting and, uh, and these like stars who we've seen in so many other things, but like in these kind of early, um, looks at their like acting career so that's always like super fun so i i love it it's it's definitely like a strong start to the anthology absolutely and it's, it's funny you say that too because uh the the first thing i ever saw julian moore in was hannibal and oh. which i mean she was fucking phenomenal in that too it was weird that they changed clary starling but yeah. it, was, it, it was actually a pretty uh easy layover but I remember seeing when I saw her in this uh, yesterday, I was just like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. And you don't really see her in a lot of um, like villain type uh, characters mm-hmm. very often. Uh, so it's always fun to see someone that you like recognize and something that's not like like what they normally do. Like, I love Robin Williams as a bad guy. Like, I think he's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, so I love when people take that departure. Just that little touch of darkness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some range. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> um, so we get to part of the wraparound story, and yeah. it's like, <laughs> well, that's the end of the first story. No problem. You don't have to be <laughs> yeah. six. Oh, great. I got time to tell you one more. <laughs> okay. Well, this better be the last one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A little Lawrence brother. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how much shit they were in in Disney Channel. Yeah. I was almost waiting for him to like pull the wand up and start just being like, I'm Andy Lawrence and you're watching yeah. Disney Channel. And that was the thing that I recognized <laughs> him and it was like, I had that holy fucking shit. I was like, that's the kid from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. He's like, one like, Saturday oh, morning. Yeah. <laughs> he was also Sean's brother da, 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 in Boy yeah. Meets World. Yeah. And I was like, that was... I oh, that's right. I yeah. His face, like, compress and expand in my brain. It was fucking <laughs> the craziest shit. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Sims character growing up yeah. every time in the clips. <laughs> um, but we get to uh, what, what was the title of this one? The Cat from Hell. Cat from Hell. Hell. That is such a Stephen King title. <laughs> and incidentally, George Romero as well. Yeah. <laughs> as we found out. Yeah. They were just having a creep show reunion, mm-hmm. as all this was. Oh yeah, they were like, "Hey, what are you doing? You want you want to come <laughs> hang out?" <laughs> The concept of this one is there is a hitman that's been called to do a job at this house. Let's meet with this guy to talk about the ins and outs of this this hit that needs to be performed. Turns out that the man wants this cat that lives rent-free in his home taken out of the picture entirely. If, if that's not a Stephen King plot line, just reinforcing what you were saying a minute ago, I don't know what else is. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> this was definitely the silliest fucking concepts out of all of them in the trilogy Mm -hmm. yeah while notably this is the one that grossed me out the most yeah (laughs) (laughs) there were so many moments at the end of the story where i was just like 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to cough up her ball by the end of this. Mark that. Your cat comes in. You're like, Mm-mm, not today. Not Outside. Today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait. That's it's just sad. Get the hell out. <laughs> Did you ever see that, that Simpsons clip? Where they're all sitting around and they've got all the puppies, all of the Santa's little helpers watching TV or whatever. And then the cat climbs up and gets on the screen. And Homer just goes, get that cat out of the way. <laughs> like Everybody like side eyes it as it exits. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So we, we start off. I was going to say nobody else got that reference. So it wasn't. <laughs> <that's> okay. <laughs> John goes, so anyway. Well, so <laughs> let's start anyway, the movie. Well. Like a real question though, and this is for really everybody at the table, is how much do you think it costs to take a hit out on a cat? And I say that from like this was a professional hitman yeah. that showed up, so there's already a deposit that has to go down just for him to come to your fucking right. house. Kamari, you go first. Man, what's your minimum to kill a cat? I'm gonna like take that a step further. <laughs> Look, I know I have a cat, and I know how hard it is to like do anything with this cat <laughs> so just for that alone i would say minimum you gotta throw like 50 g's down just minimum just to like <laughs> deal with chasing and getting this cat and yeah that's the deposit for sure does that fluctuate depending on the day yeah yeah if it's like a saturday a weekend like it's got to go up a little bit because right. um, well, nobody what, wants to deal with a cat extra. on the weekend that's when i yeah is it in public? Right. <laughs> is yeah. it daylight hours? Are people going to know that I was paid $50? Yeah. yeah. Is this an adopted cat or is this is like right. a regular cat? Because adopted cats might have some issues and they're like working shit out. That's a little bit harder. Right. You know, a lot of variables. There's something more murderable about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop. Yeah. I, I think 50 G's on one end and 50 G's on the other end is more than Yeah. That. That makes because sense. Because I'm that I'm that guy that like if I hit like a squirrel on the road or something like that, the rest of my day is not a great day. Yeah, you know? sure. So to like deliberately go out and end the life of a pet. Now, with that being said, if I'm a seasoned killer and I'm a hitman, you know, maybe that's just desensitized. I don't know. I'm spending way too much time on this because I was like, dude. I don't You go to sleep at night and you see the cat and it's got like the big Disney eyes. It's like Yeah, yeah, the puss in boots eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm immune to it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's the lack of love in my heart. I was gonna say you don't so. so you'd be a great assassin. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the dude that's like, it's nothing personal. Yeah. Right. See, I'd be the worst assassin because I'm like I move snails and stuff off the sidewalk. And my friends are always like, it took him like two weeks to get to that point, And you just like fucking moved him. I'm like, I'm helping. I'm helping. <laughs> You're like fast forwarding him through in the next two months. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this bitch comes out every morning and moves me back. <laughs> I have to start over and over again. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Franklin, how's it going? Helping right, you out. Right. He's starving because he can't get to the, the food source. It was, it was never fucking lost on me that the turtle and the snail became best friends. <laughs> I, I, well, I do want to weigh in on this too, though, is I think both of I you are right you for, yeah. for what, yeah. 
for what it would cost for a professional hitman, I think 50 G's is more than fair. And then like maybe 20 on top when he finds out that it's a fucking cat, right? Just because <laughs> okay, now you're paying for my services. Right. For, for me, like I don't know, man, like 200 bucks and a case of beer, I'd shoot a cat. Yeah. That's not bad. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Keep, I'm gonna keep that in mind in case I have a murderous cat. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be like, hey, hey. Look what I got. I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to do it. Now you got to do it. <laughs> you already I, named your price. <laughs> I know. I'm, yeah, che- I'm, che- I'm cheap to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Discount cat killer. <laughs> I feel like the 50 G's is just a promissory note that this is, in fact, not a joke, too. You know what I mean? This is. Let me show you <laughs> yeah. how serious I am. <laughs> well, because this dude can back it up. So what was the yeah. what was the actual uh, guy in the wheelchair's name? Oh, the actor's name or no, the, character's the, the character's name? name. The character's name was uh, Drogan. Yes. So Drogan, as we will find out, is like an owner, I guess, or CEO or CFO of a big pharma Bro, company. he is big pharma. <laughs> they invented chemical X. <laughs> now it was compound, and, right? Yeah, it was... I think I actually wrote that down. The oh, yeah, I forgot the compound number. Tridormal G. Cool. Yes. Nice. Tonight on Triple G. <laughs> yeah. Combination painkiller, mild hallucinogen, and what was the third part? I think it was just dope. Yeah. Yeah, because it was pretty much like this is the most addictive substance on the fucking street. Tranquilizer. Oh, tranquilizer. Tranquilizer. I did write it down. And also the dude that plays, um, well, what's his name, William? Um, he is one of my, not one of my favorites, but he's in um National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation as the grandpa who sets the tree on fire, and he's amazing. (laughs) I know that guy from yes. That's ah, fucking incredible. What the hell are you he's, talking about? He's so good. What did you do to my tree? <laughs> <laughs> he's the cigar guy, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He just plays the same character in every movie. <laughs> I'd like to point out that this is a moment that proves that people that watch horror movies do also watch things that are semi-well adjusted and aren't gunning <laughs> things. But I will still shoot your cat for you if you ever yes. $200. <laughs> what kind of beer? <laughs> Oh, dude, it, 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 at least high life. Cool. You know, anything else is fine. You know, okay. that's just a minimum. When yeah. I like something nicer, absolutely. I'm shooting a cat. I kind of deserve it. But, you know. Sure. Shooters can't be choosers. That's Don't tough. show up with, like, natty. No natty life. Yeah, right. ex- exactly. Exactly. I'm already, I'm already starting yeah. with the champagne of beers. I'm not good. trying to, like, <laughs> go down from there. Kamara, we were in a deep ice house phase towards the end of season oh, one. God. Where we were, uh, we were really, really trying to do We were, like, putting stacks of quarters together. Like, do you have enough for beer? <laughs> You're like, how much is Rolling Rock? <laughs> I can't, dude. Rolling Rock gives me a fucking headache. I don't know what it is. I like there's just something it's the in my rock. it's something in my frontal lobe just starts like <laughs> pulsating. I'm like, this is not for human consumption. <laughs> 100%. So the <laughs> the plot of this episode, <laughs> this section of this anthology is that the uh, uh, subjects for experimentation for compound G were all cats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no less than, I think he said 5,000 cats were killed during the um, perfection. Which is a know. lot of cats. You know, they had the, yeah. Back to formula, back to formula. You know, that whole exchange <laughs> and everything. And like, so the uh, cats 
sort of assembled their infinity stones down there in like cat hell or whatever and yep. sent like the, the best of the best back out Achilles. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, so my theory Achilles. though, Achilles, there yeah. it is. Oh. <laughs> <Achilles>. <laughs> Making a shirt. <laughs> I still stand by the fact that I think what this cat this achilles was was actually the v of this universe because yeah. it took on like essentially the super soldier serum he was an <laughs> yeah. idea he was bulletproof he was bulletproof <laughs> all you've got are your claws and your bloody karate gimmicks he's a very jason born cat for yeah. sure <laughs> oh my god it's calico born <laughs> He's just doing fucking backflips and shit. I hate it. I hate it. You guys I were... wanted them to have like a phone call where he's like, now do you see why I paid you the big bucks? <laughs> and then right. up. Right. Sick reference. <laughs> I have this like, it, tell me if this is a movie or not. I have this like really faint memory of a trailer. And I think it was towards the time that Spy Kids was a thing. Speaking of Spy Kids earlier. Uh-huh. It was a movie. It was a spy movie, but it was like cats versus dogs. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's, very real. That's a real movie. That's very that is a real <laughs> okay. movie. I think it's called cats versus dogs. Is that what it's called? Okay, nice. Cool. Surprise, surprise. The cats. Were cool. Right. Anyway. With okay. I just wanted to make sure that that was a real yes. thing. Because I've yes. been thinking about you were talking about backflips and shit. And I was like, I think I remember seeing something like this. But <laughs> That's the cat doing backflip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we get this. Like, you know, like the backstory, right? Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's just like the the first one was what she just got claw or no, she fell down the stairs. She tripped over the cat. Yeah. So the cat is cunning as well. It's like, oh, an accident. Mm. <laughs> that face is the Couldn't same. Be face. Me. That was the same face that the cat made when it was <laughs> up over the fucking staircase. <laughs> Did she fall? Mm. <laughs> but I knew. And then it just does murder claws. It's like. <laughs> Ping! Does that like anime sheen comes on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that I, dude, I hate the way my brain's functioning today. <laughs> All of the rabbit holes. Anyway. That's what short stories are for. Anyway. That's what I'm telling you, dude. Um, I was imagining like a like a Japanese cat, like the claws just in out, and then the person falls over dead, <laughs> like the katana <laughs> thing. That ch- just <laughs> a close up of his eyes. It's like <laughs> you just see the reflection. Yeah. <laughs> Hajime. Hajime. <laughs> we get the other sister, which I think was Caroline, right? Yeah, I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's Caroline and Carola. Carola in this. Carola. Yeah. So for Caroline, she was just like sneaking. The, she like locked the cat in her room and like would protect it. From, this is my second yeah. favorite line of the whole movie. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and she would like, uh, you know, sneak food in. And it was so fucked up to watch him like chase her in the wheelchair down the hall. Because she could. I mean, he right. can't catch her. Yeah. <laughs> and then we finally get to the death, right? Well, yeah. So he, uh, Drogan is explaining this. He's kind of narrating this as it's happening in front of us. And he says, uh, my mom told me, let me find this. Hang on. It's so good. Yeah. My mom said that cats like to get babies and old people while they're asleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mom told me. 
is the cherry on top of that. So the best part of that is like the next shot is just this cat like splayed across her face. It's like from like the Grinch, you know, when the cat's on his face or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Cut his neck. It was like, (laughs) that was like actually like one of the best like slaughter makeups in the movie too was like Caroline's neck afterwards was just fucking lacerated to hell. It was like, but the best part was like, you see that and then they were like, yeah, they said it was suffocation. And I was like, <laughs> natural causes. <laughs> she naturally suffocated from not having a trachea anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a punctured lung. Natural causes. Right. <laughs> he's like, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. <laughs> not my first, won't be my last. <laughs> and so then Drogon takes it a step further and he says that he uh he he even like like they I love how this this felt like this line was added because they realized like after it was too late to change something that like you know midnight they died at midnight midnight she died at midnight and he's like without yeah. any thought to the time I sent Gage out to a veterinarian to have the cat put down at midnight you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also what vet is open at midnight yeah like an emergency clinic I guess that's just also open at midnight I just wait know. till yeah. the next morning right like you can't with a murder cat you got to strike while the iron's hot I was under the impression that this motherfucker lived in their house for months before he started (laughs) fucking killing people. You know what I mean? Like, well, and what's funny about that point too, is after he finishes like this breakdown, also like the guy dies, like gauge or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, Gage. Is it gauge? It is gauge. Okay. I thought it was gauge. No, you're wrong. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) I know this actor from Scarface is the only thing I've ever seen him in. He was also in uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Cool. Yeah. He was really good. Makes sense. Um, I feel like he was also in, and I could be making this up, but he looks like he was in um, Scrooged. Uh, one of the dudes in yeah, Scrooged. He was. He was. I'm trying to remember what. Who, I thought what, he was the cabbie in Scrooged. I think I you're know. right. Because he also plays. Um, he's also in Gotham. He plays uh, the Joker's father, mm. which was really cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I knew him from initially. But the point that I was going to make is after he dies, I keep want to call this guy Drogo because I'm just in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm working my way to Game of Thrones again. But Drogon, <laughs> like, says, I leave the house to you. I'm going to the city. Which heavily implies that he's had the ability to leave this house the whole time. Yeah. So he's chosen not to, which is just also fucking Stephen King to me. <laughs> just wanted to, Oh, yeah, he can. Yeah, whatever. He just doesn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, he probably owns half of the city he fucking lives True. in. He yeah. Is. We are pharma. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're like, I mean, nothing really happens aside from like Halston doing his like, I just have to track the cat down and kill it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it is. He ends up like. He's looking at the liquor and he's makes that comment. Why did a rich guy is always bite at cheap shit? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this is a thousand dollar shirt or whatever. <laughs> and then we kind of like just get into the battle Royale, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. The, the milk trap works, but the fucking laser sight does not on this. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part was when they first get reintroduced to each other and they get into the fight and the crap like scratches up his face and fucking runs away. 
He's just like, nobody hits me twice. <laughs> All right, you hit me twice. So I'll give you that. But nobody gets away with that. I ain't never botched a hit ever. <laughs> and that's what he kept yelling at this cat. Like, right, right. I've never not gotten my hit. <laughs> oh, no. He sounded like a, a fucking crackhead. <laughs> Some matter I we, love uh, that, like, while this is going on, like, I want to see, like, the cat just doing, like, normal cat shit. Like, he scratches in them, and he's, like, got a ball, and he's, like, ooh. Right. <laughs> right, right. Like, he's in a box, and it's, like, 30 minutes. not hard. He's <laughs> asleep in the liver box. I would have yeah. loved he was playing with the laser sight on the gun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just rolling around on the ground. So <laughs> oh, you're actually kind of cute. Maybe I don't want to. <laughs> oh, look how nice he is. It's I did nice. love the the way the DP and uh, director kind of worked this scene though, because they did it with like the cat's eye night vision, mm -hmm. and I don't know how acrobatic mm -hmm. <laughs> Romero was for this, because I mean like. It's on, like, the base of the fucking pool table, yes. and it jumps, yeah. and it's running around and doing all this shit. He probably had, like, a younger DP do it, <laughs> but it was, I, I would love to think of Romero just, like, rolling off of the pool table with a fucking, <laughs> like, movable camera. He's like, I got this, guys, I got this. <laughs> he actually straps it to a cat and sends it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strap a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Check the credits and see if there's a cat like listed. <laughs> there were a couple scenes where like, and I I know that they did use a cat in a couple of the scenes, but there were some scenes where I was like, I feel like that's a real cat, and I really hope that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's the eighties. Rules were a little bendable back then too. Yeah. <laughs> what you could, could not do to animals. So. Oh no. <laughs> Like, eat them, for instance. Let's just go ahead and jump right in, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the cat decides to climb down Austin's throat, or Halston's throat. Yes. For so, this... Break that one down for me, John. Oh, that my... great. This, this is what I was talking about at the beginning of this. This is the scene that, like, actually fucked me up in this movie, and right. it totally like, me sideways. Yeah, so, like, I have, like, a visceral reaction to, like... I don't care if people vomit, but going down someone's throat is, like... Uh, you're like, how dare you? Are you a hacker? Is that a, what that is? A little bit. Is that kind of, I'm trying to like, what, what would we it's, call that? It's more so like, for those of you who have watched Batman Beyond, it's like the episode where they introduce ink and ink like goes down Terry's throat mm. until the suit like shocks her body out of it. Like as a kid, Got that it. fucked me up. Like I had that nightmare a couple times where I'm just like choking. Like, the <laughs> I think it's my asthma. I think that's why I have hey, such a fear. Of... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think I think you've nailed it. I mean, I think that's I think we identified where that comes from. Oh, so if I just cure my asthma, <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> you're, you're fine. <laughs> so no slither for you. We won't be watching slither. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that, turns, that, turns out he doesn't like snakes either. As <laughs> they do the same thing. Yep. Snakes crawl down people's throats all the time. That was fucking Indiana Jones, man. Yeah. Was like there were a couple scenes where, like, especially in uh, Raiders, where you yeah. that snake pit is my actual worst. Yeah. Oh no. Like if if someone were to kidnap me and drop me into a snake pit, you better make sure that I'm fucking dead. Because <laughs> I will Jason Bourne your ass. You're like, now it's personal. Right. I'm like sitting outside your house every day. Family. 
<laughs> watching your cat. You're like swollen because of all the venomous snake bites. Your face yeah. is like bulbous. I'm gonna kill this cat free. <laughs> no beard needed. So the cat goes down his throat, settles in his stomach. The it was next just day, the fucking liquid on the right. fucking hairs, dude. Like the ugh. next day, the uh, wheelchair. That's so great. He's like, okay. mm. it was like the fucking yeah. And the wheelchair rolls in bright and early next morning, which was weird because I thought they had stairs. Um, <laughs> but he's like, oh, no. And he just sees Halston's body like laying there. And then the cat comes back out of Halston, hisses, jumps on the old man's lap, hisses again. And the old man drops all his pills on the floor dead. So here was my thing with this scene was like when it went down initially, you saw like this giant ball go through the dude's body. Mm. And I was really hoping that it was just going to be like an alien style, like gut buster. Right. I was really hoping they weren't just going to reverse it. Yeah. (laughs) So that we could watch it all over again. Right. And this the cat the... goes like in and out and in and out and in and out and in. And in yeah. And, out. Well, and this is part where I thought there was a real cat. Yeah. Because it looked like it physically crawled out of the like dead body on yeah. the floor. It was it was hard to watch. Did they put a cat <laughs> like a skull prop or something? And yeah, just... which I mean that could have been a possibility for uh, sure. They just put some catnip on its chest and be like, all right, find your way out. Yeah. Yeah. Find your own tree. <laughs> no less than 5,000 cats were harmed during the production of this movie. <laughs> same thing with the fly. There was like no more than 5,000 chimpanzees were murdered during the filming of this movie. That's what killed George Romero as he cursed himself and the cat was real. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> George. And then we see those pills hit the floor, like mm-hmm. you said. And the then pills the, hit the floor. Yeah, the pills hit the floor. And then the cat's just like fucking cleaning itself. And it's right. just like a mm-hmm. super regal moment where it's like, da 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 da. So, <laughs> epilogue, do you think the cat returns to hell or does he just get to be a cat now? I think that he was a cat the whole time. I think that this is a cat who was injected with these drugs that made him like human human level self-aware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With reflexes of a cat. Uh-huh. Doesn't feel pain because of the dope that was in the fucking serum or whatever. He's supercharged mm-hmm. by the uh hallucinogenic shit. Right. He's yeah, he's a totally different cat. Yeah. We saw him dodge bullets. I think he got <laughs> shot. I think he's immune to pain and bullets. Yeah, the Hellcat, like the title says. I want him to be like the like in credits where it's like a little girl's like, "Mommy, can I keep her?" Yeah, <laughs> that's the epilogue we deserved. Steve yeah, he's in the car next to him. She couldn't distinguish a fucking regular cat from a Hellcat. <laughs> I kind of wish they had done a little bit more of that, like tied all of them together, like yeah. four rooms or southbound or something like that. I think that would have been really hot, but next movie. Yeah, right. Next next movie. I feel like this is the one that we're all eagerly anticipating talking about too. I think this mm-hmm. is kind of they did a really good job of like making this feel like a climax of build up to episode three here. Totally, totally. Yeah. Anybody want to give a final thought on the cat <clears throat> there? What you got, Kamara? Um, out of the three, it's my least favorite, but it's not to say that it's not a good story because I do like it. Um. Because I like, um, no, I don't want to say inanimate objects, but I like um, killers that you wouldn't normally like associate with being killers. Um, and so the cat's like a great, um, great way to like 
have this story play out. Um, it's very similar to, I don't know if you've read it, but it's called The Tiny Assassin by Ray Bradbury. And if you haven't, you got to read it. And okay. it's, it's similar to this. It's about a woman who has a baby and the baby is completely self-aware and bent on murder and she and like it's just trying to kill this mother and like no one believes her like she can hear it scurrying around at night like it's leaving like shit on the stairs like <clears throat> so it's like a super like good <laughs> it's so so good um and i left a comment once um because eli roth loves that story and i was like dude when are you going to make this? He's like, man, I'm trying. Um, so you have to read it because I think he's going to definitely like try and do something with it at some point in his life. <laughs> John, do you want to break Kamara's heart right here in front of everybody or what? Uh, well, our listeners already know my I opinions was gonna on say. Eli Roth. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. It's one of those things like I I love how much Eli Roth loves horror. And I love the pool of knowledge that he is about it. And I really wish that he would stop making movies. <laughs> I love you. Please stop. Please. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I understand. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know what? Now I never have to bring it up again. Okay. Yeah, I get you. But it's but like him aside, this like it's a short story, so you can get through it super quick. Um, well, but it's fire anyway. Yeah, yeah. Baller. It's such mm -hmm. a baller story. And like, even if it wasn't him, I would love to see anyone bring it to life and bring it to life practically, without mm -hmm. um CGI babies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just have like babies with on like marionette stands, and you just have <laughs> oh god, don't do no. <laughs> Oh, did I hit a spot? No, marionettes are like mannequins for me, dude. It's the same school. Except oh, no. Fucking so I should, Story time. Story time. So I shouldn't it's say marionette I have made for you guys. <laughs> My father was killed by a mannequin. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, there is a uh, back hallway. My, my dad used to own a tobacco store in our local mall. And uh -huh. I would go and hang out with him, like when my mom was working or doing something or whatever, and needed a day off by herself. Yeah. And the back hallway where the loading dock was was like it extended around the entire thing. The problem problem was that this tobacco store was adjacent to a clothing department store, and nice. that back alleyway hallway served as a place for them to store all of their mannequins. Oh, terror so fuel. I walk yeah. out there, the door locks behind me, terror and it's fuel. just yeah. <laughs> nothing but fucking seven foot tall mannequins and i'm like yes. yeah dead silent so yeah definitely I mean, that's mannequins because you still dress them up you know were they the no face mannequins oh, where yeah. it's just like blank <laughs> some killer. of them headless it was good shit <laughs> real good shit yeah. my favorites are the uh old navy mannequins that actually have faces and they're like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can, can you just? I need to take a. Yeah, <laughs> we need to like screenshot this. With you. And you're like, what could she possibly be doing? What like is this mannequin doing? <laughs> and they're like wearing like denim jackets and shit. Yeah, it's like it's a very like shining moment. Like every time you turn around, they're like. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> you're yeah, like, I think. Baby. Who gave that mannequin a knife? What is that? <laughs> what is she doing? Why is there a butcher's knife at Old Navy? <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
got to go to Banana Republic for the good knives. I know. <laughs> I don't know that I have any final thoughts on that, man. I'll be real. I feel like it's pretty self-contained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a couple, just a couple. Go for it. Um, Do it. This is, this is something that I am, like, I am genuinely afraid of cats because I assume that they are all like this. <laughs> You tiny murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for real, like, I, I you know, my, my uh, partner is a uh, vet tech, uh, uh-huh. which is great because she gets her cat fix at work so that we don't have to have one at the house. Yeah. Um, but I've seen some fucking horror stories from that fucking Dude. vet of just like cats just snapping. And oh, shit. yeah. And like, I was I've already seen cats attack people. Like, I assume that it's like prompted like i i don't sure. think that these cats were just like you know what fuck you <laughs> because yeah. their their idea of doing that is like knocking your coke off the table mm-hmm. not like you know because they this one hit that dude in the cockpit yeah. in a way that yeah. like <laughs> i have never felt a visceral <laughs> tomorrow like that <laughs> not the cockpit <laughs> Man just goes. Right. <laughs> I've never been hit five times. All right, nobody's ever hit me five times. Hey, oh my gosh, that's my <laughs> I'll tell you, cats just don't give a fuck. Cause I have a cat named Houdini, and I was just saying hi to her this morning, and I was like, "Good morning," and she bit my nose, and I was like, "This bitch." <laughs> yeah, right. Like I, they I just a... do it. <laughs> I have a friend who has a theory about cats, and she applies it to dating. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is an internet meme because this is not the first person that's told me this. I don't think. Ooh, but the okay. concept being is that if the guy that you bring into your life doesn't like cats, it means he doesn't respect things with boundaries. So interesting. <laughs> and I think, throwing that out there. I think that stems from a very interesting place. And this is the last thing I'll fucking say about cats. So, so notably. You know how there's the the cat lady, right? Like yeah. that concept. So that yeah. stems from when you take care of one cat, they naturally start to redu- re- emanate a pheromone that makes you want more cats huh. and actually makes you attract more attracted to other people with cats. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's why do you think they took over Egypt? I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> They practically were, gods. They were gods yeah. to these people, yeah. and they yeah. did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I'll say about cats. We can all move right. on. For a what if we build a statue? It's my cat, but with like my face. It's <laughs> 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 a great idea, Ramses. Let's get on that. <laughs> Bro, I feel you. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that 100%. Because that's why those people develop too, like that. Is that that's yeah. why you're a cat lady? Is because you're like you're emitting this thing into your brain that is telling you huh. that you need more cats. You need to take care of them. <laughs> I hate that I know that. <laughs> that's frightening. So what I'm saying is, if you run into a girl who won't love you if you don't love cats, has boundary issues. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> but to get into the one that I think everyone's the most excited to talk about, uh, Kamari, do you want to go ahead and start us off with that one? Oh, I love it. 
I love it so much. I love, I just love creatures and I love practical creatures and mm. uh, it's such a beautiful creature. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just really, really well done. Um, and I've got to remember his name. I think it's, uh, God, now I can't remember the character name. Um, Bah, 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 bah. Basically, we've got um, uh, this. Yes, so we've got an artist who is like down on his luck. He's not really um, putting anything out that anyone's like picking up, um, and he's probably on his last paycheck. Um, and he's getting ready to be kicked right. out of the gallery that uh, he has been showing in. Um, and he's at this bar. He's just drowning his sorrows. Uh, he goes to leave. <clears throat> and he's outside, like, taking a piss on the side of a building, as one does. Um, Big Daddy style. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> like. <Adam> Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, there were bathrooms inside, but I passed them up. I passed them up. Got to right. do this outside. Yeah. Um, There's a perfectly good fucking street here. <laughs> It's not weird if you don't look. <laughs> I'm not weird for peeing. You're weird for looking, looking at me, at me peeing. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. He's peeing and like uh, his buddy gets just like bald, just head ripped off, like just guts everywhere. Um, and he's like, oh, shit. Um, and this monster... <laughs> Oh shit! Like, <laughs> that's the response. He's like, "Shit!" And the monster like creeps up on him, and it's like, "Hey, don't tell anybody about me, and I'll let you live." And he's like, "Fucking sweet!" <laughs> For no reason. Done. Yeah. <laughs> right, For right. Absolutely no reason. You didn't but see he's like, nothing. <laughs> but he does it. He's like, "Don't tell anybody about me." He's like, "No, no, no! I get it. I get it." Mm-mm. We're good. Like, no one? I got you the first time, dude. I won't tell anybody. She's like, my man. And then this monster disappears, and he runs around the corner and basically runs into um, Raynon Chong's character, Mm -hmm. uh, who he's, like, all frazzled, and he's like, fucking just saw a monster. You are hot. What is going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. <laughs> He's like, Hold on. I got to channel this. What right. is happening? Right. <laughs> and she like mysteriously shows up and she's like, can I have something to drink? And he's like, yes. Yes, you can. Fuck. I just had a wild night. <laughs> oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't concentrate. What did you need? <laughs> It's true. And like, they're just hanging out. Um, and he's like, you need to be inside, wait for the cab here. Um, and basically, they're, they like say a couple things to each other. And she's like, we should have sex. And he's like, yes, we should. Yes, yes we yes. should. And then that's what their happy 10 year relationship is built on. <laughs> right. Yeah, the morning after is great because it, it turns into like a, uh, uh, Oh, I, we should have sex again. He's like, yes. And then he's like, actually, I have to go take care of something. I did witness a murder last night, and I'm a little yeah. about some of the details. And she's like, fine. So he leaves, comes back. She's gone. He's like, yeah, I would have left me too. 
start sketching the creature that he saw and everything, which again seems weird. I get that you're an artist and you have to like channel your trauma. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the fact that like this whole caveat is like, hey, don't ever tell anybody about this. I wouldn't be creating evidence either. Yeah. It seems like uh, anyway. Uh, but sure enough, she comes back with like the rucksack full of her personal belongings. And mm-hmm. she's just like, I'm moving in. He's like, I didn't even ask. You're moving in. <laughs> Also, when you said the morning after, uh, I guess it's just the fact that we live in the 2020s. Yeah. Like, my first thought was the morning after pill. I was like, right. did they really use that on the first date? No. Well, it turns out they did. Like, I don't judge it people for doing that. that like, but we like... can confirm that they did not use the morning yes, after pill. <laughs> but it was like, did she just sense that she was pregnant? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a gargoyle thing. Right. Yeah, it happens very quickly. Because I think it's like dinner two nights or something she's like are you going to take care of all of us and he's mm-hmm. like yeah yeah, yeah I, I am, am. you want to have am. sex and get married so th- <laughs> this was actually my favorite line in the whole movie was when he looked at her and was like so do you want to make this thing an official bastard or what yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> legitimize this bastard i was like hell fucking yeah brother right. <laughs> yeah. and she's like i mean aside from all the craziness like she's totally turned his life around like for the better like she introduces him to like one of the top gallery owners or something in the city and he basically gets this like renaissance and becomes a big deal again Uh which is like very cool I loved when they were doing the art gallery too, and the uh, guy who was at the night Maddox Maddox was his name because the best part was uh, like when the gargoyle showed up and started like just fucking eviscerating the bartender. He's just like, he's like Maddox, Maddox. He's like beating on the wall, and Maddox is just fucking plastered yes. <laughs> onto the bar. Yeah. <laughs> he walks into that gallery like straight, standing up straight and tall, and just goes. We haven't seen you down at the bar in a while. I was like, yeah. the bar where he just watched two people fucking die? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I have problems, like, going to areas where somebody just fucked up my food. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you don't go to Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's diatribe, go. I'm just saying, I have taken plenty of bags from Wendy's when it is equal or lesser value of what I ordered. Mm -hmm. When you give me less than what I ordered, I'm not going to come back here. Because what I mean by that, guys, is they're just going to, they just hand me a bag of shit that I didn't order. (laughs) Something else. Every every time. Every fucking time. I was like, this is just something else. So my thing is like, like, this is just trash. This isn't even food. Right. Right. Frosties in a bag. Oh my God. Look, I feel you. That's my life. Anytime I go to Chipotle, like, there's never a moment where they don't hand me a bag of stale ass chips. Yeah. Never. They're yeah. always super stale. And if I tell the people, I'm like, can I have another bag? Cause these are fucking stale. They're like, I guess. And I'm like, bitch, this isn't coming out of your check. Give me another bag of chips. <laughs> also, they're like $3. I know. I was <laughs> like, like, just give me some chips. <laughs> I could 
buy like a king, like party size, you know, at the grocery store tortilla chips for three dollars. Even in this economy, what are you talking about? I can't have more chips. And I'm not at the grocery store. I'm fucking here. Yeah. Yeah. Give me my food. A secret cap. They're all stale. <laughs> they have an E. coli breakout like bi-weekly too. So that, <laughs> you're batting about ten percent that you actually get. I informed somebody one time that like Chipotle was owned by McDonald's, and it like I watched the light leave her eyes. I thought she fucking died. Oh, no. oh. If you just go into it knowing what you're getting yourself into. It's fine. Like we totally. stopped at McDonald's on the way back from Pittsburgh. It's like totally. yeah, we know the nuggets are good. It's yeah. going to be okay. Totally. It's not the best chicken nuggets I've had in my life, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. We're in West Virginia where yeah. everything sucks already anyway. They probably <laughs> were the best chicken nuggets in West Virginia, if we're being honest. But. <laughs> there was a Shoney's down the road, but I just assumed that like each burger had meth in it. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to have to go back to West Virginia to get a fucking fix. No, that's okay. Not when it costs $5 over the fucking border. To ride their highway. Aww. Funny, fun fact, I just did a movie not too long ago in uh, West Virginia, and it was my favorite. Like, West Virginia was so much fun. I had such a good time. I just don't believe you. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I also almost got human trafficked in that city. <laughs> she was burying the fucking lead the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> but... Nices, like everyone in the town was so nice. I had nice. such a Human good time. Human traffic could have asked for it. The van had lighting in it. <laughs> These are technical tires. They took the sack off my head. Everyone was really nice. <laughs> like, this town is great. <laughs> Buchanan, I think it was called, but um, yeah, Buchanan. I want to hear that story, and I want to do it in the Patreon interview. <laughs> I feel like it's good Patreon. Interview yeah, totally, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Which is a good time to plug. We've been so Here excited. Here it is. I'm yeah. setting you up. You're we, yeah, yeah, we've been waiting uh, all season, you know, and it's, yeah, I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. Pluggers be plugging. Pluggers be plugging. But the thing is, is like, you know, we get so excited to be able to have people like tomorrow on this show. And to have excess content for you guys, I think if you're not taking advantage of that, that's kind of on you. You know, we have so much content from literally. So again, with all the excitement for season two, guys, seriously, if you want any more content, we have less than a gallon of gas still, which after going to Pittsburgh, we can definitely confirm that pretty much the whole East Coast is about $345 to $350 for $3 (laughs) for one month. You get all this excess com- content, and quite frankly, you get all of our back content, too. So everything from our interviews with Spencer Madison, which obviously we've brought up, uh, Mark Cantu, David Liz, and all of these amazing movies that are coming out. Um, if you want the know, you want the intel, you got to wait for the Patreon, uh, which, again, we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff mm-hmm. with Kamara in our episode, which I'm very excited about. Um, especially with some of the people that you're working with too. I really love y'all's community um, of actors kind of bouncing around and kind of like working with different directors and producers. And it's, it's very cool to be immersed in all of that. That's I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's very cool to be able to um, get a groove with people. Um, Cause you, you do the horror industry and the horror community is large, but small. Um, 
and you do run into a lot of the same folks. So um, you run into people where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that again. And then you run into people who you're like, in an instant, I would do something. Um, and that's the case like with Spencer. Um, my director for Placid Park was <clears throat> trying to cast the last role um, for his film and her name came up and I was like, hey, look, I don't vouch for everyone. Um, so if I do, I want you to know like it means something. And I'm like, this is someone that I would work with um, in a heartbeat again they're professional, they are great on set. And I'm like, so if my, my word like means anything, um, I'll put my two cents in. And, um, and I love to be able to do that for people, like connect them however I can, or just like help out. And that's what the community should be like, um, is just helping each other out. Cause it's like, none of us are getting like, rich doing anything that we're doing we're doing it because we love doing it we love it because of the genre we love the people that are in it um so there's no reason for us to not help each other out in in however like small or large capacity that we can absolutely and i hope that we get to be the platform for kind of stuff like that because we really yeah listening to everybody that's a part of these projects and what's coming out and obviously we just fucking love horror you know um so regardless we'll always i mean obviously when you get the patreon you get a little bit more and you get some more inside looks but there's always going to be a platform for you guys to talk about what you want on these episodes yeah. too so yes. that's really exciting especially get on that patreon folks you Do heard it, it here. That's I'm going to say Kamara's name correctly. Mm -hmm. as yeah. opposed, well, as opposed to Mark's, where I called him Mike. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Mike Cantu. You heard it from Mike Cantu himself, guys. I was like, Dad's going to hate me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're going to get a you're going to get a text, a stern text. That's not my name. That's not my name. <laughs> Do you want to just emphasize that you could have a Patreon exclusive content for one month, or you could almost drive through West Virginia once with that three dollars? I just want to put that out one more time. I think for like half the price, honestly. Yeah, if you're going back through West Virginia, you got three months of Patreon content and a dollar. I actually have to come back to West Virginia because I was supposed to do a uh, haunted tour of. Um, an old asylum or is like that's Ooh. really big there um and i didn't get a chance to do it so i'm gonna be coming back through i might take a side detour from kentucky so if i do i'm giving you guys a call and we're all going to this haunted asylum let's do it all right let's, let's fucking it. go let's do it you're paying but... <laughs> done, done. <laughs> utf road trip number two i was gonna say we'll dip in, we'll dip in the ice house fund yeah. And find some to get through West, Virginia. West Virginia's revenge. No, that sounds so dope. What kind of a, uh, asylum? Okay, so this is like a heavy hitting, like tourist destination kind of place. Is it like that? Yeah, or I think it's. Man, it's not the Trans Allegheny. I don't think it's something else, but it's in it's near um, Buchanan, and I guess it's like huge, and a bunch of folks um, that I know went on the tour. And they were like, yeah, a lot of really crazy stuff happened. Um, and I don't know if I want to go back on it. <laughs> I wouldn't do that again. And I'm like, 
ooh, you're speaking my language. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love being scared. I love ghost tours. So yeah. we got to do it. See, now I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right. So yeah. Once we got past the Eli Roth thing, we really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> now we're back on track. We're now we're back on track. track. Speaking of getting back on track. I was going to say, let's wrap this story. movie up because uh, we're almost there, right? Yeah, we are almost there. So yeah. we have, um, I think we left off with being at the gala. Ten, ten yes. later. Ten years later. Because yes. there's not much that happens at the gala aside from the fact that she's whispering in his ear a little bit saying, you're a success now. You just sold a painting for $23,000. Yeah. You know, you're a big hit, right? We meet Maddox and Maddox is like, hey, you remember that time our friend died? And he's like, yeah, 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 I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like trying to steer him away from that conversation too. Right. She's like, oh, look, look, we've got places to be like, we can't talk to this dude. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mark that. Yeah, right. And it's funny, too, because Eric told me that when he watched uh, his version of this movie, uh, it didn't say 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. The scene just opens with her coming in wearing different clothes. Her hair is done differently. And these two kids just run in. And Wyatt's back in the picture. And I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> why? why? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I had to put it yep. together. Time has a pass. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought they were Wyatt's kids. I did, too. I thought, I thought, that's what, I thought that was uh, Prescott or Preston or whatever his name is. Ten years later, everything went downhill, and his kids are actually that's Wyatt's. What, that's what my hairline did to me over ten years, so I was like, this is plausible. <laughs> and he does. He's got, like, a great, great life, great kids, like, his apartments, his little, like, loft is great. Like, everything is going, like as well as it could possibly be going for this guy. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Carola, there's like, even great. this really cool shot like where they, they pan in on Carola, and she's just smiling and nodding her head, like, not in, like, a all going according to plan, but, like, yo, this is it. This is living. Like, I'm, Yeah, yeah, I'm like, they both yeah. made it. Like, right. that's the best part is, like, he's been trying to get to this, what he perceives as like the pinnacle of his life, of his career. But she's like, we, we would, we should imagine in theory that, well, I don't know how long she's been doing this, but you can imagine she's been doing this for just as long, if not longer. And she's also in the same mindset where she's like, thank God I finally got it like this. I don't have to continue in the life that I had. Like, this is it. I'm settled. He's settled. This is perfect. Like we have reached this place together. And like, they both think they've made this like fairy tale ending. Yeah. And I, I want to comment on that from a lore standpoint, once we complete this, because now that everything's perfect, it's also a perfect time to fuck it all up. Right. Yeah. 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 So he takes it upon himself to reveal the statue of the creature that he met in the alleyway that night where he made that, that owl, you know, and, and so I don't know if it's just like where he got, like a, if he just made it and mm-hmm. nobody ever knows that he was like carving like a fucking six inch statue, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So, so here's my thing yeah. is this, <laughs> for those of you who kept up with the story between our, you know, mm-hmm. discussion there for a second, uh, that was the one fucking thing that you were not supposed to do. Yes. Here's my thing is I love horror with all of my heart and white people be like, 
Like you watch fuck, <laughs> you watch shit like Midsummer. Right. That movie fucking pisses me off because you have like this dude in the background that's just like, but my thesis. I was like, dude, they were making you drink period blood. Fucking. Yeah. Le- <laughs> oh, dude, the monster that told you this is a forever promise. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which is a really weird way to put it. <laughs> I, yeah. I've got you because I have okay. I have okay. this one figured out. I promise y'all I have. But this that's one the heartbreaking out. part of it too for me is like because they have that conversation and she's like, I can't remember how they lead into it, but she basically says like, "You've given me everything I could have ever wanted," and he's like, "I haven't because the only thing I haven't given you is the truth," yeah. and it's like. Oh, and then, then mm-hmm. as soon as that moment happens, your heart just fucking breaks because you're like, he's about to fuck it up. He's mm-hmm. going to fuck this up. And she transformed. Were you going to say something? I was you, just going to yeah. say, that was like her delivery for the, mm-hmm. you idiot, mm-hmm. I was yeah. in love with you. Yeah. That oh. broke my heart more because for him... I still don't see that as like being the truth. You know what I mean? Like that's not like yeah. a make or break. That was in my opinion, a level of selfishness. Like he had to get it off of his chest. It had nothing to do with her. With and her. I feel like yeah. in his mind he was opening up to this woman that he genuinely like yeah. spent forever with and he was letting this last thing go. You know, I wonder if there a certain amount of time had passed before he stopped believing that that vow was an eternal promise, you know, or that, you know, mm-hmm. that anything possibly how it's gotten got so 10 good. good years out of right, it. Right. Yeah. Everything's yeah. Been going so great. How could it possibly fuck up for me to say this? And word? like, how do you keep that in your, obviously this has been something like he was so readily, um, like there to give that to her. Like it's something that's obviously every day, for 10 years it's an obsession like, it's <laughs> just take been in his action. head <laughs> yeah like it's literally just yeah. been something where he's like i have to tell you this yeah. and if i can off. share this it it and really so also sad. did kamara i don't know if you're a fan of the tv series gargoyles or not but it looked, oh i love gargoyles yeah it looked like lexington when lexington yeah, it was goes into like horror mode mm-hmm. you know it looked like mm-hmm. lexington it kind of scrawny but you know it it, it turned out it was female because yeah. we, we see her transform and it was her the whole time mm-hmm. right yeah. it's interesting because we don't get this you know you hear the kids screaming what are you doing in my yeah. kid no this is just this is what has to happen but i loved you i loved you too but yep. this is what's going to happen you broke yeah. your vow, and this our fates have been sealed our destiny is written mm-hmm. here it comes and it's so, so sad Oh my god. It is. She fl- she kills him, flies out and assumes the mantle on the top of a building as a gargoyle holding her babies. That's the first time that you actually see her in stone form. So we yeah. don't know that she's a gargoyle until this point. Here's why this is the best written story out of the 3 and genuinely one of the best written like short stories I've ever seen adapted in a film. History of gargoyles, history time, right? Quick history. Yes. Gargoyles are derived from the French word gargoyle which means throat, right? Um, so the symbolism was meant to ward off demons and mm-hmm. at keep like light and holy energy inside this place. They were designed as gargoyles to initially be like, like kind of feared by evil and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but also to entice early pagans to join the church, the Christian Ooh. church, because this was familiar I- I- imagery. Me catch my breath. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> 
so the reason why this works, his life changes for the better immediately because making a vow with a gargoyle is inherently forming a bond with something that wards off toxic, negative, evil energy mm. for as long as you're within her containment field, in this case, in her life. Same way yeah. that being inside a church, right? And so it's operating under the lore that nothing negative can impact his life. So that means everything is only going to go perfectly for as long as he remains faithful, faithful to her and the promise that he made. Mm -hmm. Again, the representation of faith itself and how it is an eternal commitment. By breaking his vow, he became dishonest and therefore invited sin back into his life. That sealed the fate of the gargoyle by making her, she now has to return to her, her like a perch on the tower or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And he has to die because his all of that negative Fucking energy pagan. flooded <laughs> all at the same time and he had to die, right? So yeah. the whole world fell apart for him. So that's why it's perfect because it really does. You just don't see gargoyles in horror movies ever. Yeah. And so like mm -hmm. seeing that lore written into it, the way that these creatures operate and doing it splendidly and again, giving you the big reveal at the very end is such a rewarding payoff. Mm -hmm. And seeing the kids as gargoyles too is like, uh. oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> like crying. And I often wonder because you, I mean, you do have such a short amount of time to really dive into this story, but I often wonder like, what is the catalyst for her being allowed to enter someone's life? Like how often, like how long did she have to wait mm -hmm. in order to, um, intervene in his life like how long had she sat in that state of stasis before she could become a woman again like those are the things that I'm like oh that like that's the story like I'd love to see the next iteration of like what is she able to do the next time and like what allows her to um to break that um break free of that like stony gargoyle facade <laughs> you have to be able you have to kill one bartender right. in order yes. to for one person's life right. you have to behead him <laughs> also commentary on alcoholism because you know <laughs> well stephen king's yeah. story wasn't the last one we did so yeah. i'm not yeah <laughs> not surprised. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway um yeah final thoughts let's get it uh kamara we'll start with you i love it it's um it's definitely like something I, it's a character I would love to play, um, cause it's just so fucking cool. Um, one of my favorite stories, uh, it's a great way to end out, um, uh, the anthology, um, before popping back in, uh, with little Lawrence and Debbie Harry, uh, <laughs> like, I, the other two are the appetizer, and I just I get so excited to watch this story. And it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it, I watch it as this as if I've never seen it before, and I get just as emotionally um, invested as if it was the first time I saw it. So it's hands down like one of my favorites. Hell yeah! Super sick, Eric. What about you, brother? Yeah, this is the this is the one for me as well. I think I probably couldn't say any better than you. <laughs> I feel like that's a cop out answer because this is my first time seeing it, but I can sort of imagine it's like how um, nobody's favorite Harry Potter book is Chamber of Secrets, but if you're reading all of them, you have to include Chamber of Secrets. You know, you know, this one feels like that. You know, like you said, the appetizers leading up to the main course here, and this is what we have, right? Yeah, so cool. Yeah. 
I totally agree. I still think that my favorite one was the cat from hell. Oh, you like Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one, I think, was the most story driven mm-hmm. out of all of them, especially for like being so compact into these short stories. And it kind of like held very true for how Tales from the Dark Side, like as a show, would work. And I think like the first two are really good examples of it. I think the third one was like exactly what it felt like yeah. when you yes. were watching that show. Um, and they put some fucking heavy hitters in this movie. Dude. Mm-hmm. They put yeah. some bangers in this movie. Um, yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm also really with Kamara on. I love creature features, and I fuck in which all of these were honestly like each story was its own creature feature. Yeah, but the the costume and especially. Uh, when she transforms back into the gargoyle where the wings are ripping out of her fucking mm-hmm. back and her yes. columns tearing mm-hmm. through her, her fucking uh, yeah. her skin, skin falling off. Yeah. Yeah. And actually that actress did an incredible job with the line that I was talking about earlier. And right after she delivers it, there's like these fucking like jet propelled hands that just fucking rip through her forearms and i was like yes. oh my god this is exactly what i fucking wanted mm-hmm. out of this yeah. <laughs> right delivered oh totally totally yeah. and i think that was kind of where um was kind of the most enticing part for me for this story was just how much was really put into the practical effects you mm-hmm. know even just i think the only like non-practical like was probably when she flies out of the glass oh, yeah, ceiling yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sweet 1990 green That's... screen yeah <laughs> that powering yeah. screen screen going yeah, on it, yeah it felt like when you're watching uh michael keaton's batman in the fir- in the very first one and like the dudes are like standing on the rafters and instead of flying in, you can see the ropes where they're just like lowering <laughs> Batman down after <laughs> with his fucking cape open. Right. Uh, but it, I mean, it was the times that they had. And uh, honestly, like, I think that looked better than what I just described. So, yeah. <laughs> so we get into the end of the wraparound, yeah. right? Yeah. And we, we, okay, time's up. I have to cook, you now. Yeah. But guess yeah. what? There's more to this story. It's about a little boy who gets trapped by a mean old witch, and she does nothing but feed him cookies all day long to make him fat, so he has no feet on him. She's like, wait a minute, this is your story. He's like, I know. And guess what she doesn't know? The boy has marbles in his pocket, and when he throws them on the ground, she trips on him, and she does. Jaboy! You know, falls backwards on the, on the, the, yeah, <laughs> the spike knife things or whatever that she needs to eviscerate him, as she put it. Um, and she kind of like three stooges her way into position in front of the bed of like vegetables in the six foot deep oven that she had. Yeah. Her oven was a crematorium. Yeah. Yes. And they installed that when they installed the dungeon in her pantry. Yeah. Um, but he pushes her in, shuts the door, grabs a bag of uh, not chips ahoy. Oh, fuck. Chips a, lot. chips a lot. Chips a lot. Chips a lot. Yes. Takes a bite. Uh, Don't you just love a happy ending? What I loved okay. was the fact that this fucking, like, six-year-old kid was villain-splaining to the right. villain. <laughs> right. But you don't know that he has marbles in his pocket that you're going to trip on. <laughs> this kid was the fucking page master, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I know. I know. So good. <laughs> you imagine. And, and like quite frankly 
Like that was one of the thoughts that I had about this movie in general was like, it felt like the page master, if he had just opened up horror yeah. and just <laughs> stayed in there. Yeah. 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 hundred yeah. percent. The page master notably right. has a favorite pun of all time in it. Favorite pun ever. When uh, adventure and fantasy are about to get it on in the cave that the dragon used to live in. He's like, how would you like to curl up with a good book? <laughs> 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 actually funny actually funny anyway I love the like page horror looks we like should do a page beat, master it, episode yeah yeah it's got horror in it, it does. there's Jekyll and Hyde yeah <laughs> let's get it anyway. then we'll do treasure planet next sure pirates are scary <laughs> treasure planet <laughs> we should do movies that people don't like for no quantifiable reason <laughs> like cinema horrors that didn't do well in the box office mm-hmm. but they're actually objectively great movies yeah yeah anyway that's amazing totally but yeah that's kind of like our wrap on tales from the dark side tales from the fucking dark side and i guess ever eric has officially joined the dark side today uh um, yeah do i get a card no okay Oh. You have cards. <laughs> Are there actually cookies? That's what all the t-shirts say. There's pizza. Sweet. You That's... get a you get a box that chips a lot. <laughs> you get stale tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they eat. Hell. <laughs> Chipotle chips. <laughs> yeah, that's not even like worthy of purgatory because it's right. not even like this is okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oof. can I get another bag? <laughs> Yes. But they say yes in hell, so they can give you another stale bag. <laughs> Ugh, it's the worst. It's... <laughs> All right. So overall, what are the what are the thoughts on this movie? Like, Kamara, what what would you say? I know we've talked about breaking down each one of these individually, but what what are your thoughts on this movie as a whole and what would you score it at? Mm, I mean, as a whole, I think it's a really really great um anthology series uh like the story the wraparound makes sense um it's not like overly convoluted it does what it needs to do to get you to the stories um all of the stories are really great um i think it's i'd give it a i mean i'm gonna give it a 10 like it's one of my favorites hell yeah Again, it's up there it's in my Predator 2 category. I will there always go. Predator there you go. <laughs> always. <laughs> like back to back sometimes. <laughs> That's your like Saturday evening nothing to do kind of goes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's Art. so good. Just get a little Predator Bill Paxton in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, All right. what about yourself? I'm going to have to do it to her. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to give this guy a six and a half. Um, I'm not married to it in the same way that you are. (laughs) And a lot of that just has, I loved you. you Yeah, man. I know. (laughs) And a lot of that just has to do with like the way I think about fives is this is an average movie, right? So six and a half is an objective better than average movie, which I would think is more than fair to say, Mm. right? What really sold it for me was in the third chapter. Again, like I've said before, I'm a fucking slut for when like the the lore is rock solid, like the rationale for why this person yeah. or this creature would behave this way, even in the context mm-hmm. of an original story, is still true to what like that's how it would actually function. It's like like if you put Gandalf and 
you know, I don't know, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the same movie and they behaved like each other, but went on a separate adventure. You know what I mean? That kind of told its own story. That's kind of what I'm talking about when like you have have, everybody has to be exactly who they would be and that kind of thing. Gargoyles got to love it. Mm Got to love it. So yeah, six and a half. Okay, seven. It's a seven. <laughs> you talked me into it. You I got talk me. Into it. <laughs> what about you? Um, I definitely give this a seven and a half. Uh, I was a big fan of Tales from the Dark Side series, um, especially once it came to sci-fi. And like you would watch it like during the day when you were sick. Yeah. At least when I was in high school, because like when I was younger, it was always like Maury Povich, and then later yeah. on the Steve Wolf <laughs> show. So That's the fact. Yeah, they like sci-fi definitely stepped up their game with shit that they were picking up with stuff like that. And that's kind of where like I fell in love with the series. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this movie really delivered on what the series was as a whole. And like it's like I said, I think that I'm not trying to be that guy where it's like, oh, well, episode two had Romero and King and like all this shit. But that that Mm -hmm. really was like my favorite because like conceptually, like not a lot of things make me go. (laughs) (laughs) And that one fucking got me. Mm -hmm. That one fucking got me from the fact that I don't like cats. (laughs) I really (laughs) hate people swallowing shit. Like (laughs) Just marked them all off. Yeah, yeah, it was just it, it was just one after the other. And like it's it's funny too because like it gave me all of that and it was still like I said earlier, it was the silliest one mm-hmm. out of all of them. You're you're hiring a hitman to shoot a cat. You I know, know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I thought the, I thought all of them were fun in their own ways. I wish there was a little bit more to the first story. Mm-hmm. And I wish that there was a little bit more going on with the in-betweens. And I get that they yeah. cut, they they cut it down to like a ninety minute movie, and I totally get that. Yeah. But there, I, it felt like there was a little bit more creep that could have been developed mm-hmm. for the wraparound story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never know; there may have been like, just it might have got to the cutting room floor, and you just lose a lot of that. Um, totally. That magic, um, just for time's sake. So who knows? Yeah, because they hit the ninety minute mark, yeah. and that's what I asked for in a movie to begin with. You know, I can imagine the idea, too, was to draw attention to the tales themselves. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. 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 Um, And yeah, I think that's just personal preference more than anything else. But I thought this movie marbles in the pocket being like the catapult for like the the evil woman dying was just, uh, you know, it was just like, "Ah, okay. Yeah, it's very it's very like mousetrap. He's like, (laughs) just set off that chain. Totally agree. Uh, well, I think this is a great time to bring up. Uh, so we'll be having a new segment on the show uh, that will be called the Indie Spotlight because we're working with so many awesome indie actors and actresses and directors and producers and all of this fun stuff and things that you should be looking out for and things that you should be watching to begin with. And when it's just Eric and I, we'll have a spotlight on an individual movie. Mm. But luckily we are with Kamara today that can tell us about all the fantastic projects that she has coming out this year. Do you want to go ahead and start off on some of that? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, time's up will be out um i don't have a set date but i know it's out this year um they haven't told us they just know that it will be out this year um which is exciting um a lot of fun very fun unexpected things um in that one great mass killer 
Um, Macabre Mountain will also be out. Um, Dark Circles, which is such a fun film um, with Hannah Fairman, um, Danny Maffei, um, that we worked on in like maybe four or five months ago. Um, had so much fun on that movie. Um, that will be out. They just finished um, all of the scoring and whatnot. So that's exciting. Uh, what else? What else? Um, Teddy Told Me To is already out. That's uh, fun. That's from Tom Devlin, who was on Sci-Fi's Face Off, uh, created a character and then did a movie based around that character. Um, ton of fun. Uh, filmed at his uh, haunted house in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, what else? Uh, and then I start filming, like I said, in Kentucky in May um, for Placid Park, which is exciting. Um, uh, a lot of uh, new stuff happening that we've got a guy named Figure who does a lot of um, electric music mixed with like horror samples. And he's doing um, the complete like music for the film. So it's going to have a lot of like just oomph to it um that his so name figure figure yeah Word. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had i had never heard of figure it out until, yeah. until uh joining the project and then i went and looked him up and i was like oh this is like very cool i'm like it's gonna be a very neat soundtrack um so yeah a ton of stuff um happening uh long walk to nowhere is uh slipping back into the werewolf role that'll be uh, here in Vegas, um, which is very exciting uh, because I'll be getting back into um, uh, practical effects uh, with this werewolf character. So very so nice, so much fun. And uh, you also have you just wrapped up late checkout as well, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep, late checkout. That was a lot of fun. Um, some amazing um, effects work uh, by a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Derek, and he does a lot of... He's been on a couple movies uh, that I've done. Just mm -hmm. the best special effects. I'll have to send you guys some um, uh, progress photos from him just la putting lacerations and things all over me and just... <laughs> And just watching, it's art. Like, it really is art to watch it go from nothing to something um, to where it gets flagged because it looks that real. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm alive, everyone. It's cool. It's fine. You can't put mutilation <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay. It's cool. Um, so, yeah, late checkout will be uh, coming out soon, too. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline and um and hopefully more i'm always just excited to tell stories and uh give you something fun to watch that's so exciting uh so how can what are, what is the best way that people can follow you and see what you're doing yeah for sure so just uh you can check me out on instagram at kamara nicole and uh nicole is with an h so n-i-c-h-o-l-e uh and <laughs> I'll have a lot of uh, stuff posted there, um, little behind the scenes pictures. I try and um, post what I can. Um, like I have so many great things from Time's Up, but we are not allowed to post anything until it's released. And then once that's released, you'll see just 
a billion and one very cool um, behind the scenes pictures. So right now my phone is just full of like junk. I'm like, I can't get rid of anything. Like it keeps warning me. They're like, your storage is full. I'm like, I can't do anything about it. Your storage is full. <laughs> Give me more storage. I know. I'm like, I don't want to pay for anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, notably time's up. Is this Elsie uh, Holt's directorial debut? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh-huh. That's super exciting. That's super exciting. I have uh, some really cool questions to ask you about that, which will be available in our Patreon episode. Uh-oh. Yeah. There's more? Oh, my God. More? <laughs> Pay the $3, guys. There's plenty of other uh, tiers, but I'm not trying to gouge anybody. You get so much content for $3. Yeah, you heard it from Kamara herself. <laughs> She's actually signing it right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kamara, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so oh, much for kicking you. off our uh, our second season, season two. with a badass movie, with a badass actress. And Eric, is there anything you want to say? Uh, I think it's time to clap it up. Yeah. <laughs> thank the, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. To the lovely Kamara herself. Thank is there anything you'd like to say to all your fans out there, Kamara? And just keep supporting horror wherever you can. And that's from podcasts to movies to Indiegogos. Not all Indiegogos. <laughs> <laughs> all Indiegogos are not great Indiegogos. But um, but check out what people are doing because it takes a lot um, for us to do what we do from um, podcasts. Like it takes a lot of time to put things together and all of us put together these things because we love the genre and, uh, want to be able to spread that to all of you. So check out whatever you can and also get that Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining us for the beginning. Thank of you. Thank you, Kamara, for being a part of this. May the fourth be with all of you. And thank you for joining us where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. <laughs>